Hello. Yo. Hi. That's Sam, Ryan. Hey. And Bass. Hello. The percentage is of Sam saying hello before the rest of us. It's pretty it high. Like every week Sam says hello first. I would guess it's probably 95%. Well, there's usually a delay. I don't know why you pussies are waiting. <laughs> Damn. I guess Sam, Sam is always ready to get down to business. Sam is always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't. You guys aren't. You guys definitely are not pussies. I'm just kidding. There's better. no time. There's no time for horseplay when it comes to Sam. No. When he's ready to get down to business, he's ready to get down to business. I think if if Abe, Bass, and I were left, you know, left to our uh, left to our own devices, we would probably just small talk for a half hour before we started recording. Sam's yeah. just like, "Hello, let's, let's go. go, let's go." <laughs> Sam's the only one with the agenda and goes down the list and makes sure we hit everything so we can hang up after we're done. <laughs> The precise time. I'm in at the precise time you said. It's like the ticker and part of the interruption on the left that just keeps going down the list. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> if we couldn't finish certain thoughts, like, you know, by 823, we had to be talking about LeBron. By 831, we had to mention Walter Payton. By 842, it's Cindy Crawford. <laughs> Infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to talk am about I, Caitlyn Jenner. If I eight o'clock, he hangs up no matter what. Yep, the feed cuts yeah. off. The well, final finish. The, the, the Sam feed cut. Yeah, up against the hard break. Yeah, the Sam, the Sam, the Sam closing music hits, and then uh, the hard break kicks in, and then uh, around the horn starts. <laughs> Goodbye, Canada. Well, it's, it's not hey, all, fellas. Uh, I'm coming home. In a couple weeks, week and a half. You told me personally, Ryan. You didn't spread wow. that with the other fellas? For a while? Yeah, I'm here for three days. Uh, well, four Damn. days, July 1st through the 5th. I'm bringing Jill out to meet the, meet the folks. Ooh. Taking in the Cubs game. Wait a minute. Uh, but but Jill already lives here. That's Bass's wife. How long are we going to do that? And she <laughs> would never go to a Cubs game. But wait, so you said wait. That, so when you sent me that message, Ryan, saying, "Hey, let's get lunch or something or dinner," I'll be here with Jill. You only sent that to mm-hmm. me personally, and not the other guys. I did, but I, I wow. didn't want to bring it up with those guys. I just want come Damn. on. Let's be realistic here. I'm going to be in the city one day, one afternoon. Yeah, and I have no. I mean, if listen, so why are you going to start shitting? <laughs> I sent you a message two days ago. I said I'm coming home. <laughs> I have every intention. If if those, if you if the three of you would like to to get together, I have absolutely every intention of doing that. But I I have one shot at it, one window. Yeah. I don't know, Sam. I'm feeling pretty left out here. What do you feel? Oh God. Um, okay, that's, that's okay. Fine, yeah. What did we talk about last week, Ryan? The base is sure, the invite right. guy. All base wants is the invite, yeah. and he won't show up. Oh, well, that's that's only for Abe Canada events. If Ryan comes in town. <laughs> If, it, if it's the difference of going to Sunda or like a restaurant with Ryan or staying Sunda. out till six in the morning, watch Sunda. watching you play, open? watching yeah. you play eight hours of poker at the Horseshoe Casino in Hammond, Indiana, yeah. that I think I'll yeah. take Ryan's invite instead. Ryan, because I'm known for going to Sunda every weekend. You are all the Billy Deck establishments. Actually, were you at the underground? Were you at the underground with Gronk this weekend? Oh, of course, yeah. Gronk and I both had our shirts off. We're yeah. pouring champagne over our heads. It was great. Actually, that was that was one of Ryan's uh, hot spots, wasn't it? Thunder for for a minute. No, 
Didn't you? It was. It was. When we first did our show, you ordered from there. Oh, I love anybody can take out from a fancy place. That's definitely one of their haunts because I don't know who would pay fifty dollars to eat uh, uh, Thai chick Thai egg rolls and um, oxtail popsicles. That's it. Face. That's exactly what I was trying to think of. That's what I loved from there. It wasn't one of my haunts. I just it was available on Grubhub, and it was like two blocks from the station, and they delivered these oxtail popsicles. They were phenomenal. They were so good. They were so good. <laughs> didn't you have? But, didn't you have the? Say, didn't you have the ostrich spread and 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 Manila yeah, crackers? Here we go. Here we go, folks. <laughs> Delicious butter. <laughs> uh, the, the, and, ch- uh, and cherry butter. Cherry <laughs> <laughs> butter. The peacock pate. That's what it was. Billy Deck brings it himself. <laughs> he delivers it himself. Cherry butter. Abe? Cherry butter. Oh, I thought you said sherry, like sherry wine. He has this really skewed perception of fine dining. He really like, does. It's, 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 it's all these inedible things. Inedible, it's, it's unpronounceable all, things. It's all these things no one eats, like grass and like <laughs> bark. <laughs> a bark sandwich. <laughs> a bark. I need a bark sandwich with extra left, with extra maneuvers. It's, extra it's lure. It's like a true it's person who eats every meal off of a paper bag. It really is. That's <laughs> like By the way, if you go to Arby's, they have a new bacon lettuce tomato oh, sandwich. Never, ever yeah. get that. It's horrible. I got it today. Almost, It smelled bad. Like the bacon itself stunk. And it wasn't even hot Ew. bacon. It was cold bacon. It was weird. I almost puked. Mm. It ruined everything for me today. That's unfortunate. But wait, weren't you? Weren't, wait, were you guys? Weren't, when you guys were about to bring something up, right? When? Oh, I was going to say, I, I will. I will admit to the underground being a favorite haunt of mine. If we're talking Billy Deck establishment, yeah. uh, the underground for a, for a hot minute was a place that I like to to go and get bottle service. <laughs> God, what a douchebag! Yeah. I remember I went there with you once, and you, you, were, yeah. you were seeing that you and Billy Deck were sitting on a bench, but like your feet were on the actual seating part of the oh, bench. Oh, yeah, we were sitting up on the table. Yeah, and you were sitting on the like, table. Up on the back of the bench. And then yeah, you, yeah. you no, and, up on the back of the bench. You and him weren't even, didn't give a shit about each other, but you acted like you both did. And then you were having this, yeah. like, this bland conversation well, about, like, how it, awesome, it, it, like, we, we're doing it. This is it, man. <laughs> we get it. This is life, man. Life. But, we do but it. Isn't that, isn't that most conversations in a place like that? Are you really, is anyone really going to be talking about, like, <laughs> like you know, the, wrestling uh, or something? The or... Louisiana Purchase or something? Or like... <laughs> <laughs> the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> but it is a place where, isn't it right, Ryan, when you're, when you're at bottle service at Underground, all you do is talk about how, oh, awesome, so how awesome everything is. Oh, like, yeah. And, and, it, yeah, oh, cool. Oh, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got coming up? Oh, you know, Brooke, you know, uh, Jamie, that's great. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Then, uh, then, then, Jamie looks a little messed up since she got her lips done. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, you got to come out on my boat. Oh, hell yeah, I'd love to. Hell yeah. yeah. Hey, wait a minute. You need to, who's this? Oh, I'm Abe. Cool, man, what are you drinking? Ryan's like, the works. RBVs all around. Three Red Bull and vodka, Chastity. RBVs. Did you say chastity? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so Ryan, you're, com- you're coming in. You're coming in, and what day are we getting lunch? So I can put it in my schedule. 
I mean, I will be in and around the city on the 3rd. July 3rd, which is a Friday. Yes. Okay. I don't know what your plans are. But uh, I'll, I'll be available. All three of you gentlemen. All right, I'm going to the Cubs game. It's a day game, 120. We could either do something before that. We could get food after. Do it, man. I'm excited. Oh, you're going You're going to go, Sam? Damn right I'm going to go. <laughs> 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 wow, Ryan just wanted to spend time with me alone, and now you two are no, jumping in. Not, no, not true at all. If he wanted to spend time I with you guys, it. he would have mentioned it beforehand. Shortly before Ryan left, Ryan and I had a bonding experience. Ryan actually spent the night at my house, and not in any, not in a, like a gay way, but it was kind of the first time Ryan and I were alone together. Ryan and it's I slept. Gay, together. It's not gay if he sucked your dick. I know that sounds terrible. Ryan gay and I actually started. slept together before he left. <laughs> we, had a, we had a conversation that wasn't about you know the show or the podcast or wrestling. No, it was actually Ryan, am I right or am I wrong? Wasn't it just about wrestling, Ryan? No, you're 100%. <laughs> I stayed there. I think it was a week before I left. I stayed the night there. Uh, it was lovely. You and Rachel were great hosts. Uh, you guys left me a, a towel to shower in the morning, left a wash rag on top of the towel. Oh, is, wow. it, is, is it true that Sam sleeps in an Ultimate Warrior mask? He, as far as, he had it on when he went into the bedroom, but I have to <laughs> Hey, Sam. <laughs> Sam, so yes, when you sir. when you have Ryan sleeping at your house, and you, Ryan just mentioned the wash rag, right? Yeah. How do you handle that wash rag? You don't just grab it with your hand, right? What do you uh, What do you mean? Like you pick it up with the towel, right? Like you don't actually put your hands on that wash rag. I would have no problem if Sam touched the washcloth. No, 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 no. After Ryan showers with the wash rag. Oh, I see what you're saying. And, and wait, oh, first of all, Ryan, where do, you, wait, where do you put the wash rag, first of all? Ryan's not a leper. Hang on, Sam, hang on. Ryan, where do you put the wash rag after you shower? I think what I would do, what I would normally do, is I would roll it up in the towel, and then ask, yeah. I would, I would before I got in the shower, I would ask where they would like me to put it when I was done. And then I would, I would dispose of it. Oh, okay. Sam, do you remember if you handled it yourself? I probably did. I mean, I, I so you just pick it up right out, of, wet out of the the bottom of the tub. Or I mean, I handle hurt? all of your shit when you come here. <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> you, you know, handle. Generally, any bathroom we leave, all the pretty much everything ends up ends up on the floor, towels, toilet. Yeah, trees. I know, but so, <laughs> oh <my God>. so <laughs> toilet trees. So you handled it yourself, though, right? Like you picked it up off the wet bathroom, the uh, the the tub. It was dripping. And you actually held it in your whole hand, or do you like use your? Well, I don't. I honestly and, don't remember. I mean, that's that's a very odd question. I I don't remember at all. I'm just wondering what uh, you do with, with this. No, no, just because a wash rag was in his ass and balls and everything. So I was just wondering. <laughs> in his balls. <laughs> I in my balls. I uh. <laughs> I don't really even recall if I if I if 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 there was a towel and washcloth set out for me that morning. I don't recall. I'm sure there was. I don't know what I did. Did you hand, you just hand washed everything with your hands and soap? I might've, I could have. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, chances okay. are what I did. I normally do. So Sam's soap was in my balls and ass crack. <laughs> <laughs> the soap that he rubbed on his face that night. Remember that story, Ryan, where you were at your brother's house and, and you were, you were just walking around his apartment naked and like the landlord came in. <laughs> Yes. When was that? It was when Kevin. Oh it's, it's when Kevin lived in like uh, like off Chicago Avenue over there when he used to yeah, live uh, in Racine, like right? yeah in, in West Town. And you were you were just staying there for a couple days or something like that. And for some reason, you were naked in the refrigerator getting some kind of drink, bent over. Yep. And then they walked in and they're like, "Whoa!" Yep. 
<laughs> and I think it was, I think the guy's name was Jason, and I, if, I, if memory serves me correctly, he's a gay man. And that was what was alarming to me. I mean, at the time, you know, I don't know, this was many years ago. But I just wasn't sure if that was a sexual experience for him. Yeah, because you were, what, all wet and everything still? Probably, yeah. <laughs> you decided to air dry that day? I think, I think so. <laughs> I don't remember why I was naked. I feel like there were to- like I had a towel. Well, I remember ripping on you because I said it was pure laziness. I said, "Why you're like Maybe. I don't care because I was the only one there." But even though if you're the only one there, you might as well put something on. There's no reason to just because then I said, "Oh, so you sat on Kevin's chair with your ass?" You're like, "Yeah, who cares? I was clean." And I said, "That's gross to have an open ass on anything." <laughs> I'm glad that you fortunately, you've- fortunately, Kevin is not in possession of any of that furniture anymore. Well, that's good, but still, I mean, you had to know open- Jay the Gay is. Yeah, Jay the Gay took it from the alien. <laughs> He's like this. <laughs> oh, Ryan smells good. God, All right, enough of, the, weird. enough of the nonsense, guys. Yeah, Let, that's, let's, that's, let's... that sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not often that I, I give a huge thank you to kick things off here, but I want to thank all the listeners because they did something huge. The Hulkster... And I know you guys already know this, but I'm sure all the listeners don't know this because I, I actually I know they and this, don't. And this was this was honestly huge. A lot of times you say something's huge and it's not huge at all. It's like the opposite of huge. Yeah, right, this right. was actually huge. And I know for a fact that they actually don't know this because they're still sending the Hulkster tweets saying, "Hey, brother, could you unblock? I think you accidentally blocked Dave Cannon." And yeah. so I I asked you guys for a favor, and you came through because as of last Wednesday. I'm no longer blocked by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he unblocked you, gentlemen. And I, I don't want to say I don't want to say that there was there was one uh, you know particular tweet that pushed it over the edge. But our my yeah, friend our, our Dan, boy Dan, yeah, uh, he was he was the last tweet sent before Hulkster did it. You know, I'm sure it was probably. A couple days worth of like Hulk scenes come in. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, know there were a ton. The there were a ton, and then his came in, and it just made me laugh. And, and I remember sending it to you guys. Then the yeah. next thing I know, I just happened to click. I'm like, hey, I wonder if I'm still blocked. I, just assuming I'm blocked, and it just said, and it, like the button to follow Hogan was open. I'm like what? Yeah. And then I hit follow, and now I'm back. So Hogan and I back together again. Finally, the mega powers are reunited. Yeah. So Here's I, my question. It, it it was the I will say it was the worst decision of my life to uh, make that snarky joke about the Hulkster, and now now that we're back together, it'll never happen again. Lesson learned here, though, right? Oh, big lesson! Yeah, never mess with the Hulkster, yeah. brother. And now your Twitter feed will be littered with him retweeting a bunch of people going, "You were my idol in the '80s, Hulkster. I'm a Hulkamaniac for life." <laughs> what were you gonna say, Ryan, about the Hulkster? If you, un- if you unfollowed Hogan this week, <laughs> yeah, I just got sick of him. <laughs> You couldn't take if, it. If you blocked him. <laughs> yeah, now yeah, no, I get my revenge and I get to block Hogan. <laughs> Actually, I could, you know, just for fun, I could block Hogan and then unblock him. I don't know Good. if you want to do that. Should that'd I do be, it? That'd be a fun time. Should I do it just to teach him a lesson for blocking me in the first place? Yeah, you'll really teach him a good lesson here. <laughs> But I, I, I really do appreciate everyone, uh, you know, coming together it, for it this is cause. A big moment. It is pretty amazing, though. Like, you know, you hear a lot of times, like, the power of social media. I mean, when you think about it, we're doing a podcast, right? 
and you put out the call to people to do, and you never do this. We never use this. Yeah, I never, ever. I never use this power, ever. Ever. You never call in favors from people. It's listening is like a, you know, it should be, there should be no, it's a, it it should be like a free thing, right? It should be an easy experience where you're not expected to do stuff, not putting people out on these missions. And you used it one time to get Hulk Hogan to unblock you on Twitter. Because it's something that I personally was not able to do because since, you know, I, I can't tweet him because he can't, he won't, when I'm blocked, I could tweet him all day and say, hey, brother, you know, I think, I think this is a huge mistake. I obviously <laughs> fucked up. Um, I, 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 I truly think you might have accidentally blocked me, but brother, let's get back on the same page. You know, right. Jack, let's do it, Jack. And I can't, yeah. even, I, I can't even do any of that because he won't see it because I'm blocked. So I, right. did, I did for this one time call in a favor. Yeah. One and day really I'm going to come it, to you it, for it a favor and then you'll have to pay the favor back. <laughs> it just it really does underscore the the you know the I don't know, the power of social media I think yeah because whether or not I don't I still don't know I don't know if this gets us any closer to figuring out if Hogan's running his own Twitter I have to think he is though from time to time because if someone else and please Hogan if you're listening block me and not Abe for making this comment yeah. it is not from Abe Cannon. wait don't even say it Ryan I don't even want to be involved I just have in anything. To think all right, fine. No, no, go ahead. I'm joking. So let's, let's, test, let's, test, let's test Hogan right now. Okay. Let's test Hogan right now. It's at, at Ryan Mano. R-Y-A-N-M-A-N-N-O. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening and you, and you feel like you're, you're getting trigger happy with the block fingers, you can block me. Uh, it's at Ryan Mano, like they just said. This is coming from me, not Abe Cannon. Um, I have to think if, if someone is professionally running it, then he's got a team of dummies doing it because... Hey, bro. There's a lot of misspelling. I'm sorry. Easy, bro. Whoever's doing it might not be a professional because there's a lot of misspellings. There's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of Hogan jargon you're getting. A lot of, it doesn't feel like uh, an agency. It's not like Ashton Kutcher or like Tom Cruise, you know, where it's all like buttoned up. It, it's pretty rough around the edges, and it leads me to believe that Hogan might have a hand in his own social media. So what? my question is, did Hogan click unblock or did, you know, uh, Chad from Des Moines do it. <laughs> yeah, like Frank did. Frankie Rodriguez do it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, l- l- let me let me go over the the, the history of, of my relationship with one Hollywood Hogan. Um, yeah, this is my third major event with Hulk Hogan where we connected. Let me let me, let me start with the first one. Number one, he came on the Man Cow Show. How old were we, Ryan? Maybe two thousand two. Maybe was it? Yeah, two thousand two or three. Two or three. So that was like twelve years ago. So I was like twenty one. 21, 22 ish. And the Hulkster came in and this is verified. I had a conversation with him where I told him that the rock needs to come out as a heel as the true Hollywood and start up a feud with the Hulkster. The Hulkster said, that's a great idea, brother. I actually have a meeting with Vince next week. Sam, I told you about this before it happened. And then what happened? Rock versus Hogan at WrestleMania. That's right. You caused it. It was, it was actually your, that, that was your, you wrote that entire thing. I then took a very beautiful picture with the Hulkster, as did Bass and Ryan. Right, gentlemen? Yep, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Event number two, I was I moved to Miami South Beach. I was on a morning show with uh, a couple douchebags. Uh, Hawaiian shirt-wearing sloobs. Um, sloops. Sloops. Uh, <laughs> I was at the Crunch Gym, and behold, before my very eyes is none other than the Hulkster. I went up to him and said, hey, brother. 
Remember me? I met you uh, at Q101, blah, blah. Yeah, brother, blah, blah, blah. So him and I had a workout together. Not not like it's not like he was spotting me, but we were right next to each other. And at one point, I was doing the dip machine, and he had his hands on his hips, nodding his head in approval. And he said, that's a good machine, brother. <laughs> then I, I commented on the Sounds like a really uh, intricate relationship. I commented on the machine and not you and not your form. Well, no, because he first he was complimenting me on my body. He's like, brother, you're, you're in good, brother, you got a lot of time and this wow, and that. He was definitely just candid. I mean, but him him complimenting the machine does nothing to you. That would be like like watching MJ and LeBron play. No, he was seeing. He was seeing. Hey, those are nice basketball shoes. <laughs> 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 no, not, wow, you're really good. No, you know what it was more like, Ryan? It was more like saying, uh, it would be like me doing a, a triple flip on a bike on a ramp. And then him right. going, oh, that's a great machine, bro. that's a great bike, brother. Like, but I just did a triple flip on it. You know what I mean? So he liked the yeah, way I. It, he, no, he liked the machine. It was again, it's like if a gymnast is on that the the parallel bars and does an amazing, you know, seven eighty or something, and someone goes, oh, those bars are pretty stellar. Yeah, that's what it's like. But it's like, oh wow, those are some great bars, yeah, no, brother. So like, oh, but, but it has nothing to do with you. No, it does I, because he, I'm getting off. I'm getting off topic. No, no, but Ryan, he saw he saw the way I was doing the machine. He liked the way I was I was in control of it <laughs> and the power I was using to do that to do that machine. I, I think I had the whole rack on and I was making noises just to impress the Hulks. Like, ah, ah, yeah, like something like that. And then he he was nodding and he was watching me do it, brother, in approval. All right, brother. So then a couple other times I saw him at the gym. I remember when I left Miami, I was signing my contract like to, to freeze or, or end my membership, and he walked downstairs, slapped me on, or no, he he was coming in, and he comes up to me, slaps me on the back, and says, what's up, brother? So, as you can see, this relationship... <laughs> yeah, this is really... <laughs> so now it comes, and now we come to 2015, I'm 33 years old, and now I've had another major moment with the Hulkster. Hulk Hogan had to see my profile picture Look at it, click on my profile, and hit unblock. So for a minute, the Hulkster and I were together again. Think about it. Yeah. Really, think about it. No, wait, think about it. The Hulkster, at some point uh, last Wednesday, like six days ago, at some point, or maybe it was even late Tuesday, I don't know when it happened, at some point the Hulkster got floods of of tweets and saying, hey, brother, I think you made a mistake. This guy's not a hammenager. He's not a jobber. You might want to consider you at least at least take into consideration on blocking the brother. At some point, the Hulkster said, "Fuck it, brother," and he clicked on my name. So at some point, yes, he knows the name. He looked at my, he saw my picture, and he had to hit unblock. Yep. Now he did he go as far as following me? Of course not. But at some yeah. point, That's the Hulkster that. and I were back together. Yep. Think about it. I know it. We are, Abe. We've been thinking about it for a month. Yeah. We started talking about it since the beginning <laughs> began. So I, really I do. It's not often that I, I, I lend out my hand and say thank you. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It really is. It's pretty cool. And I'm being dead serious. It's really great that people like actually <laughs> took the, the 60 seconds to compose a tweet. Thing, brother, unblocked. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny that most of them had the word brother at least twice. Well, they all had the word brother. I, I think, anyone ever sent Hogan a tweet that didn't have brother in it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's impossible to talk to Hogan and not say brother. Because I, yeah. I, I've had a couple conversations with him over the years, and I've said brother just for no reason. 
Well, you think, I mean, I think most people think that it's going to endear Hogan to them if they say brother. Yeah. Right? Yeah, brother. <laughs> I think it's just like, um, I don't, you have to say it. You, I mean, there's no way you can talk to Hogan and not say it. <laughs> Ryan, do you ever hear Sam, uh, his, him and Danny Gaga's Hogan story? No. Mine's actually a better story, and, I, and I, it's funny. I, I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. But, it's better uh, than working out with Hogan, really. I think it's. I think okay. it's. Well, let me let me tell this story, and then you guys, you guys judge. Um, so Hogan, do you guys? Uh, I'm sure Ryan remembers. Hogan released a book about ten years ago. Do you remember that? Maybe maybe more than maybe. I, of course, I have it. I read it. Yeah. I read it the week it came out. Right. So he was doing a book signing <laughs> here in uh, here in somewhere in Chicago. And I was actually, you know, me and Danny Gaga were very excited to go meet one of our idols. And I actually uh, came up ill um, the day of the signing. So Gaga went, and he's like, well, I'll get you a book, and I'll, you know, I'll try to get it signed. Um, so he gets in line. And for those who don't know Danny Gaga, he's very assertive. Like, he, like, he doesn't like mind Sam, embarrassing Sam, himself wait, wait, let, let's take, accomplish Let's task. take two steps back. And when you say he's very assertive, there was a Bears football player named Chris Zorich who, who was giving autographs at a Circuit City when we were little kids. And Danny Gaga actually went up to him with because uh, they had Madden set up. And then said, hey, Chris, you want to play? Like he wanted yeah, to play wow. him in the video. The last hour of his autograph signing playing Madden with Danny Gaga. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so so Danny Gaga's in line and he gets up to the Hogan. And he tells Hogan, he's like, hey, Hulk, he's like, hey Hulkster, I have a sick friend at home was one of your biggest fans who really wanted to come, but he couldn't make it. And he's like, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk said, put him on the phone, brother. So, so Gaga calls me. Um, so I, I, see the, I see the phone ringing, and I, I, I'm like, oh, it's Dan. So I, I pick it up, and it's Hulk Hogan. He's like, brother, he's like, what are you doing at home? He's like, you're sick. He's like, get your butt over here, brother. He's like, eat your Wheaties and get over here. He's like, I thought he I said eat chicken noodle supers of it. Or whatever he said, yeah. He's like, I got something for you, and it's got my name written right on the front of it, brother. And um, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. And then um, he signed the book, and uh, I guess Dan said everyone got up, and like he said something, and they gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so I actually talked to Hogan on the phone while he was signing my book. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that way better than interacting with him in person while you're working out with him. That's way yeah, better. Yeah, but he actually went out of his way. You know, I wasn't trolling him around the gym for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Is it better, though, than being in a side studio at the radio station for, like, 75 minutes talking shop with the Hulkster? But don't forget, at that time, I was a young jobber with no radio experience. You weren't that young. You were, like, 30, probably, weren't you? I wasn't. No, I was, that was probably, like, 2000, 2001. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was a very young jobber. Uh, <laughs> You know, just doing jobs on a daily basis, um, and Hogan <laughs> took the time to reach out, and you know, he signed the book. It's a nice little message, like "Get well, brother." I, he must have thought I had like cancer or something. Yeah. He had to have. Yeah, you know, Dan lied. I want to let Sam. I think I just had like a cough. I wanted to let Sam finish the story, but I was going to ask how how sick did he make you out to be? Yeah, like, I, I got to ask. Doc, I think Doc said I was. I only had a few days to live, or something. <laughs> 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 I got, I got like an actual message about getting well in the book. And, yeah. I a mean, standing ovation. If there was a yeah. <laughs> I think Gaga said he got up and like, stood on the table when he was talking to me. 
Yeah, you you don't you don't yeah. you don't like you boo someone if they have a cold. Like I mean, right. there's no way a bunch of wrestling fans <laughs> right. would would applaud a guy with a with a minor cold. Sam, Sam, Sam was that? I wonder what happened to that Sammy Cannon kid. I wonder if he. Uh... I wonder how fast after that autograph signing. You know what's funny? It's funny. That's why Hogan unblocked Abe. He remembered the name Sam Cannon from being that sick kid. <laughs> He's like, was that that sick kid? <laughs> is that that Make a Wish kid? Yeah. It is funny that Danny Gaga went from a kid who was literally half a block away from the house, and Dan's dad. We were going to Great America, and Dan only wanted to take me because it would quote mess the partners up if we took Sam, and we were literally half a block away. And Dan's dad's like, Danny, if you want, I'll turn around and pick up Sam. Dan's like, we're too far. We're too far. Keep going. We've come too far. Keep going. And to go from that to actually taking his moment with the Hulkster and actually just giving it to you, his idol, Hulk Hogan's Dan's idol, to take that moment and give it to you, Sam, I think Dan earned his stripes with you that day. Yeah, I think that was a uh, big moment for both. (laughs) You know what's funny? Sometimes when you do shit like that, it backfires. Like, I've told this story before. When I was uh, like 19, or no, in like nine, right around the same time, I guess, is when Hulk Hogan came in, Green Day came to the radio station. And my little brother, Mike, is a, was a huge Green Day fan, and he was maybe like, I don't know, 15. So they came to the station and said, Mike, Green Day's here. You and all your friends come to the station. So he was on his way down. Green Day were wrapping up. They were leaving. I'm like, Mike, they're leaving. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm still a few blocks away. So I, I take the phone. Green Day about to get into the elevator. I hand Billy Joe Armstrong the phone. I say, hey, it's my brother. He's like, hello? Hey, what's up, dude? All right. Later. And then he hands the phone back to me. And then everyone in the elevator had disgusted look on their face as the doors were closing. And, like, my heart sank. Then the next day, the the, the record guy's like, dude, you can't do that shit. Like, I learned a valuable lesson. I will never, ever do that again. So Danny Gaga doing that. It could have backfired like the Green Day incident backfired on me. Mm-hmm. But instead, it all turned out. It's just it's a magical story. It's one that will be told for decades. Yeah, it's like in the movie Three Hundred. Yeah. You you have you you have a job to keep tell that story forever. Billy <laughs> <laughs> Joe was kind of a dick, though. Regardless of whether or not you handed him the phone, like those guys weren't awesome when they came in. Really, I thought they were pretty nice to me. I recorded, I recorded separately, I recorded like, an on, remember I did that show on the bus? Yeah, where it was, you were supposed to be on the bus, where you were really like, in the radio station? Yeah, we made it sound like we were like, <laughs> well, you'd have like, bus. you'd have all this like, ambient sound of like, yeah. horns and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we were like, driving down, we were, I was, I was doing tour stops, so I was going from here to Milwaukee with all these bands, but I was You really know what, if you really break that down though, studio. they buried that show on the weekends, but that was a pretty cool show, like you had like, every huge band. And you would you yeah. would do these little interviews with them, and then mix in like all their music. That was a really cool show. It was a cool show, and and nine times out of ten, the bands picked ahead of time. They got to pick what songs I played. So the label would work with them a week before I would record it and be like, "Hey, pick ten songs that you want played. Like, pick your ten favorite songs." So it was like us talking about whatever, and then they were playing the music they wanted to play. I liked it, but my point in that was that Green Day was one of my. I was probably more excited. To to do that with them than anybody, and they were they, they it just they weren't easy to interview. It was you know when like you'll do interviews with people that really just talk amongst themselves, and everything they talk about is like to amuse. Themselves. Yeah, kind of yeah, like if, yeah, if someone yeah. interviewed the four of us, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it would be a very difficult task, and I feel yeah. like that's what they did. 
Like we'd start talking about wrestling or we'd start talking about Yeah, like... we would just exactly. <laughs> they didn't really like extend beyond their comfort zone to answer my questions. It was more like, uh, what do you think, Trey? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like kinda like when Mikey had his hair gelled up that one day, or that Mikey Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you just didn't get much to work with. What do you think, Trey? Uh, Remember when uh, Bugsy put a Twizzler in his ass? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, so tell me about the new album. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Well, it depends on if you're asking Trey, who did the drumming sessions. Uh, I think I drummed like two tracks the whole time for him. The real question is, was that, were we sober when we made the album or not? Uh, you know what it was, Bugs. It was Bugs. I don't know. And I'm just sitting there with my mouth open, like, how do I guide this back to something? Meanwhile, Abe's pacing outside the studio with his cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, why, why, why was it I so... just look out the door and I keep seeing Gabe's head walk back and forth looking in like holding the phone <laughs> two minutes Mike I think he's almost done hurry up Mike Ryan keep... I'm doing the thing for you to like keep talking keep it going I have to have them meet my brother <laughs> like why, why was it why do I give a shit about anything like that I still do sometimes yeah. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I gotta try to get people tickets or or whatever whatever it is. Right? Why do I give a shit? Like I shouldn't. Like why was no. it so important for me for him to meet Green Day? It's not like if if this if the situation was reversed and like you know Slash was there, he wouldn't be like, Abe, don't worry, I got I got Slash here. Don't I'm not gonna <laughs> let him leave till you get here. You think that would happen? No. I'm pacing like a moron. Take the phone. Embarrass myself. Here. Well, it's all—it's all because we've decided that you like to do those kind of things, so you can bring it up later on. No. So sometimes, someday you can be like, "Yeah, but Mike, remember that time I got you to meet Green Day? Remember who did that? <laughs> who did that? I did that." But that was before I would even use You're that. You're the as king cool. of taking credit. Yeah, now I am. But back then, I—that's before I even had anything to take credit for. That was one of my initial <laughs> moves. That was early. That was early in my career of, of making people's dreams building. come true. It was building. Like, Bates, didn't I make your dreams come true before with, like, um, Exhibit or something? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, what really happened is Bates was at Target or something, and and, and Exhibit was walking by, and Bates goes, Hey, you're Exhibit! And then Exhibit said, Man, your voice is crazy! (laughs) (laughs) And that's how that happened. Were you at Target? That was all me. That was Target. You know, since we're talking about shit like this, base. That's a very weird story. You met you met Exhibit at Target. Then he he picked you and your brother up in a like a a truck or something, and then you guys went to the cheesecake. And then you guys went to the cheesecake factory. And like, like what kind of what? That was weird, right? It was very strange because I was there and I was I was the only one drinking, and he was eating a salmon. So I was like, man, this is not the gangster rap experience I was hoping to get on this trip to Los Angeles. Yeah, but what? But how did you how did you go from like buying you know? toilet paper at Target to being in Exhibit's Hummer? Well, I went there to try to get, I was covering, I got a press pass to a Laker game. I was covering. I to, wait, wait, hang on. Stop I, right there. I wasn't, I wasn't covering. That's why I had to, I had to yeah. go back. Base, you've never covered anything. I've covered. <laughs> hey, okay. Live, live right. on the air. Let's now, let's throw it over to Base in the locker room. Thanks, Chip. Yeah, so I'm here with Kobe Bryant. 
That's never happened. You've never covered anything. Well, I was, You've been eating, was eating the, in it locker was, rooms. It was, it was during the time when Kobe Bryant was under the uh, rape allegation. And the guy that we worked for in Q101, he, I asked him if he gave me a ticket to a Laker game and said he got me a credential. I said, while you're there, if Kobe talks, can you at least try to record it? I forgot my tape recorder, so I went to a Target that was right by our hotel room. Make a long story short, well, it's right as I'm walking through Target, I saw Exhibit. And I just instinctively, in my own way, I go, oh my God, you're Exhibit. And he just goes, yo, your voice is crazy, man. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, you're Exhibit. And then somehow... Which is Bass's line just, anytime he meets any celebrity. Like we were walking by, we saw Scottie Pippen and Bass said, oh my God, you're Scottie Pippen. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Now, to make a long story short, he got my phone number somehow. What do you mean somehow? I, you gave him your number, obviously. Somehow. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember what it led to it. You probably and you said, he, "Hey, I'd love to do some drops for you." Because didn't he bring a tape recorder and you recorded like get did. your bars he did, ready? But, he did, but I it, it didn't start. Out, I don't remember the way it started. Out. To make a long story short, he picked us up. We went to the Cheesecake Factory. I watched him eat a salmon and a pink lemonade, and then I went out to the Hummer, and I did record some liners. I was, put your bars up into somebody else's cassette tape, some other DJ he was with. And then they dropped us off at the hotel. I never saw the guy again. But how did they? never saw a dime. Probably never saw a dime for that voice work <laughs> that, for me either, huh? None of it. None of it. Get your bars I think up. You're, you're owed residuals on that, even if you didn't use it, probably, right? You have to... Well, I've yet to hear it anywhere, so but base uh, I can ate, definitely but agree base with you. was eating and drinking amazing, like a slob. Though, wouldn't it be amazing if we did hear, like, this summer exhibit and, like, I don't know, like, Sam Smith had some hit song or something? <laughs> Come get your bars up. <laughs> and get your bars up was the first thing we heard. <laughs> it's X to the Z. Get your bars up. <laughs> and, you know, base that must That'd have be been awesome. that must have been pretty shitty back then because it was before you honed your uh, your your voice skill, right? So it probably well, yeah, wasn't I mean, as. He, but he was directing me pretty good, so I don't know. He, he was telling me exactly how to hit it. So oh, I like just this? Yo, man, say get your bars up. <laughs> no, he's like, he's like, yo, man, when you say bars, really hit. Get your bars up. Like, get your oh, bars okay. up. <laughs> that was it. Get your bars What does that mean? What does it even mean? I haven't the slightest clue. Huh. Could you imagine a young... bars up. Tweet us what that means. Just, could you... Or tweet tweet exhibit and ask him what it means. (laughs) Yeah. Could you imagine a young... Tweet exhibit and ask him to unblock Abe and then ask why why I need to put my bars up. (laughs) A young bass in a Hummer with his brother probably just all red laughing the whole time. Like, he's in, like, the greatest moment of his life. (laughs) Like, everything that was going on, he was probably going nuts. Right, bass? Uh, It was was very, very strange. Get your bars up. I'll, I'll just be honest. This might sound worse than I mean it. I don't know that I would get in a car with exhibit. It was a Hummer. It was a nice vehicle. Sam and Abe, would you guys just get in the car with exhibit? I probably would, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I, I think. Why, I, why like, wouldn't you? I knew it was exhibit. Ryan, of all the things that we've heard you do for things over the years, you would not get into a car with Exhibit. You would crawl under barbed wire for cocaine, but you're not going to hang out with Exhibit at the Cheesecake Factory. That's pretty funny. 
Ryan, I, I think I think we should deliver a, a firm. Or no, you can finish that thought, Ryan. But I think we should hit, we should hit a firm payoff on this celebrity segment here. But go ahead. I, I just I think maybe maybe I'm sure back then, and I'm sure if it were if I were in the moment, if it was like, hey, get in the car with me, I would probably do it. But I just think sitting here on the couch right now, I just don't know that I would be interested in getting into the backseat of Exhibit's car. I just don't. <laughs> it's it's oh, not like I, I got in. The- it's not like I got in the car with him and he was wearing like a robber's mask and a shotgun and saying, let's go to a liquor store. <laughs> a robber's mask. I mean, it was, it was, it was that no, no, hardcore. No, 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 back up, back up. I, I didn't want you to take it. I didn't, I didn't want it to be taken out of I didn't think because if it would be going to get you into some sort of trouble, like going to meet up with Shug or something. And, you know, it's the Yo, who's, the who's the white boy? And then one of Shug Knight's guys just no. starts shooting at base. <laughs> He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. Even if I knew where we were going, if he laid out the evening for us and it involved Cheesecake Factory and salmon and lemonade, I just feel like I would want my own way in and out of that situation. I wouldn't want to get in the car. Yeah. Yo, motherfucker, who brought Casper? Who brought Casper? (laughs) Shoot that motherfucker. No, no, he coo. He coo. You're going to die tonight, Casper. As exhibits yelling, yelling, no, he's cool, there's already three bullets in Bass's chest. Well, it was my first time in Los Angeles. I don't even think I think we had a rental car at the time. I had no idea where I was going. And he, uh, he said, "Oh, you know, let's let's go meet up and get something to eat." I go, "I have no idea where I'm going." He's like, "That's cool, man. I'll pick you up." And that was it. I thought different could do better than Cheesecake Factory. I would have thought so too. Well, you have some loser you met at Target. It's not like he's going out with like Rick Rubin. You know what I mean? <laughs> where are you supposed to take base? Exactly. Uh, yeah, let's take him to Dorcia. Let's take it to Gibson Steakhouse. Ryan, let's close things out uh, for we're, the celebrity stuff. I think it's time for you to tell that Stevie Wonder, Scott Stapp story. Um, or are you not ready yeah, to tell that one yet? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a long. It's kind of a long story. I, can I can I just add one thing that we didn't mention? Yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Bono offered me popcorn. Oh, that was I want to talk about that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. The Scott the Scott Stapp one. I feel like that that may, maybe I'll tell that next week or the, like that one. I'll just give like a little synopsis of that real quick, and then I'll go back to Bono. Basically, there was a night. Uh, and I feel, I've never told this like public. I've never said a word about this publicly. But honestly, if this gets back to him, Scott Stapp, it's a hundred percent true. You can sue me if I'm lying. Please do. Um, but Scott Stapp, I watched Scott Stapp. Uh, well, Stevie Wonder did a line of Scott Stapp's cocaine uh, at, at a hotel um, in Chicago while Scott Stapp was shirtless. Uh, singing, singing his new album. Right? His new album <laughs> while I was sitting on the edge of the bed, and the guys in his touring band at the time were yelling at me, that's how Stappy rides the rail. <laughs> Wait, wait, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually intrigued. Did somebody have to help Stevie Wonder, like, snort the cocaine? Um, yeah. Like, did someone have to, like, put the dollar into, like, his nose and go, all right, no, go? No, put the dollar in his nose, but I think someone just held, like, a, it was either put him, brought him down to a table or brought a mirror up to him. I don't recall exactly how. Isn't it funny that, but like. Did they, did, they, did they tell him, like, okay, when you snort, you're going to go in a downwards direction or an upwards direction? No, I mean, I'm sure Stevie Wonder knows his way around a line of cocaine. I but mean, Ryan, like, Ryan, you know how when Stevie Wonder <laughs> walks anywhere, he always holds someone's arm? Yeah. Was he holding Scott Stapp's arm to go into the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> no, Stevie had someone with him. Stevie brought his own 
his own guide. To the Yo, room. baby. Yo, baby. Just put it right here on this mirror right here. Yo, baby. Just put it right here on this mirror right here, baby. Baby, just put it right here, baby. Put it right here on this mirror. <laughs> it's funny how... Stevie wait, wait. Wonder, after, after he took the hit, was he doing that, that like weaving thing with his head afterwards? Just super fast, though. Like, <laughs> why was he? Why was he there with Scott Stapp anyway? He he was staying in like the suite next door, the suite across, and Scott Stapp sent someone to go get him because like he knew he was staying there. Um, and we left when the underage girls showed up. <laughs> <laughs> then the next day, I remember Scott Stapp was in the studio. He's like been sober sixteen months, and he was winking at at, at me yeah. and the other guys yeah. that, that were with him that night. <laughs> He was winking at us. Um, and Abe, you can ask him. You can ask the other guy about this. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Don't say that, though. That, no, I know. That guy offered him a bottle of wine on the air. And Scott said, oh, no, thanks, man. I can't do it. I, I, I've been sober for six months. Then he and talked he, about he Jesus winking. for about nine, 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and he was winking at us like, don't say a fucking word. And I will say this, too. The name, and, and again, Scott, if you want to fact check this, it's all it's all. It's all true, but you stay in hotels, or at least you used to, under the name Charlie Hustle. That was the name I was told to ask for at the hotel. Wow. They called you to bring them the stuff, right? Yeah. You And you had to go to that, that Mexican dude, right, where you'd have to, like, crawl underneath the fence and everything? I did. The guy who you said, hey, Abe, uh, I know you're about to leave here, but can you give me a quick ride to this shitty part of yeah. town? I'm, gonna, I'm like, what are you doing? I see you do, like, a flip over a fence, climb a rope. <laughs> Like you're like yeah. you're like doing like parkour shit to get up to his door, and then the most yeah, it's awkward. Like an, it's like an army training camp, like the beginning scenes of Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, and then the most awkward conversation. Then they both look like they don't know each other, and then Ryan like does a backward somersault off the building. <laughs> I go, 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 go. I had, to, I had to throw a ball in one of those end zone things in nitro and. Uh... Power was <laughs> <laughs> turbo, turbo, and Gemini. Yeah, you have the job to the end. Yep, I did. Ryan's always like, "Keep the car running. If anything happens, just take off." <laughs> That's how you know you're probably in a bad situation when someone tells you to keep the car running. <laughs> like I've never, Sam. Have you ever had to tell someone to keep? Unless it was like the winter. I don't, I don't believe I have. Yeah, I, I've never had to tell someone to keep the car running. No. Yeah, you don't say that normally. <laughs> Keep the car running. That means you're in fear of your life. That's exactly what that means. You're yeah. at, at or least there's, gonna, there, there's potential to be some sort of chase. You right, need so, to get out of somewhere quickly. So let's go from that disgusting scene to a beautiful scene uh, a couple weeks ago with you and Bono from U2. Yeah, uh, we interviewed Bono at the You and your brother, Kevin. Yes, we did. And uh, we walked in, and Bono had a popcorn maker in his... Um, dressing room, like one of the old school ones, you know, like that actually pops the popcorn. You know, you yeah, know what I'm talking pop, about. Pop, like pop, pop, like pop. a movie theater. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Bono had little bags of popcorn and he was handing them out to us when we came in. First, he offered me, and see, I should, I fucked up. I should have, because it would have made a better story. And I, al- I could have always said that I ate Bono's popcorn. He offered me popcorn out of his bag. At first, when first thing that happened, when we walked in. He said, "You want some popcorn?" And held out his bag. Oh, what? And he was letting you put. No. Wait, he was letting you put your hand in his bag. He was. Wow. And I said no, and that was what I said. I said, "I don't want to get, I don't want to get my hand in your popcorn." And like after after that, I I I should after have, that I had I, I had my my tongue in his mouth, so it didn't matter. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. But I, I really, I should, like, that would have made a better story to say that I, Bono and I shared a bag of popcorn. But that didn't happen. I, I, I won't, you know, I won't embellish the story and say that. I think him offering you popcorn is just as good. No, but then Ryan got his own bag, right? I got my That's own thing. Yeah. How did that happen? Did he, but, but, did, did, did he stick the, uh, di- like, the scooper in the thing and make you your own bag? Or did some he did. handler? He, no, he did. No, he did. Wow. The handler actually, dude, and here's how, and I was pleasantly surprised. Here's how cool the guys from U2 are when it comes to doing interviews. No handlers allowed. What do you oh, mean? Wow. By the, from them they, or from they, anyone? From anyone. They, ha- they asked everyone but us to leave the room. Wow. That's, so that's no, awesome. So no one could stand there and guide the questions, and no one could stand there and give us stupid raps. We knew that we had, uh, we had like 12 minutes, and when there was one minute left, someone came in quietly. That, they didn't even give us the rap signal. Just when they stepped in, that meant that there was one minute left. But they asked everyone else to clear out. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then and did, that, like, that did really like Big did. Boy walk in after you? Yo, yo, bottle, man, we next. And he starts ringing a bell. Yep. Actually, just, goes, just goes straight for the popcorn. El Pistolero came in and was, uh... <laughs> 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 yep. And they started playing Lowrider out of a boombox that he had on his <laughs> So, and, and you said, Ryan, that, like, um, you you were interviewing Bono and someone else from the band, right? And you said, like, oh, you would, all you want to do is ask Bono questions, but you had to ask the other guy questions so that, oh, you know, it didn't look ridiculous. Worse. It's the worst. All you want to do is talk to Bono, really. I mean, because who cares what Larry Mullins Jr. has to say about anything? <laughs> and you just, like, while they're talking, you know, while Larry's talking, you're like, oh, my God, we're not going to use any of this. We're going to cut all this out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my God. I mean? I could, Bono, like, this is 75 seconds that Bono could have been talking about uh, something. Absolutely. Every question you look on the list, you're like, all right, what question can I throw this job for? And really, it's not. I mean, he's not. You're talking to someone from the and it's pretty cool, but when it's Bono and someone else... Yeah, exactly. If, if you, It would be different if you just had an interview with Larry Mullins Jr. You'd be like, okay, pretty cool, interviewing the dude from U2. Yeah. But when it's Bono and someone else, the pressure to just talk to Bono is exponentially higher. Well, it's like if you're talking you know to... I mean? it's, it's, cool, it's, it's cool to talk to Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, but if Axel's sitting next to him, you're not going to really yeah. care about Duff. Exactly. It, his value goes down because Bono's right there i mean that's all precious real estate that bono could be using on the tape yeah it's like if patrick kane and like you know who's a loser on the hawks base or, or like a decent name uh you know like, 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 sod. like, like whatever yeah, exactly. yes if Brandon sod and kane if sod came in everyone would be like it's sod sodomize me and they'd be screaming shit like that but then the minute kane walks in he loses most of his value that's a hundred percent accurate. That's a great, great way to put it, and you're absolutely right. So how did and, you, how, how did you uh, end things with Bono? Oh, very pleasantly. I mean, just you know, just handshake. I think like, like the man. Hug. He like, thank you, Ryan. Now put your mouth on me. He did. He said, "Give me a mouth hug." <laughs> what, what if it ended weird like like it was cool and at the end he did something like grabbed your balls <laughs> something weird or he just like ran his hand all the way up everything from below like all the way up to the belly button and then like stuck his finger in your belly button and made like woo. 
Yeah, that would be strange. I have to be honest. I probably would have led with that rather than the popcorn. If that <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't. Like, if that happened to me, I, I think I'd... Like, remember I told you that story How about when I worked at Walmart? I was pushing carts. I was, like, 16. The security guy said, excuse me, young man. Could you fix my... Uh... He was wearing, like, suspenders. And he wanted me to, like... Because stri- he was so fat that he couldn't get the, the, the suspender on the top button. So like I oh I had to help him do it, but then I felt like he was I was getting molested. I I obviously wasn't getting molested, but it's like I'm like touching this hot like suspender and putting it on his like his wet hot chest. Excuse me, young man. And like, why would you even ask me for help with that shit? You know what I mean? I never really talked to him. His name was Raymond. Excuse me, young man. Can you help me with this? And then he, when I did it, he had this like look of like oh a content look on his face. Thank you. And he said. Thank you. <laughs> and I, ever since, oh I, that, that's the closest I've ever been to being molested. And, like, I couldn't imagine having something, like, really happen to me. Oh, my God. Thank you. That's so funny. You felt violated. I did. He didn't even do anything to you. You had to do it to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you help me with this suspender? Thank you. Oh, my God. Is that funny? Thank you, young that's man. So funny. Sam, have you ever been molested or anything? <laughs> Sam? <laughs> That's just funny. I just uh, funny how casual you ask that question. No, no, not molested. But, 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 yeah. Usually, sure. <laughs> there's not an or anything when you ask if someone's been molested. <laughs> I anything. mean, who asked them in their family that question as casually as that? Oh, have you ever been molested or anything? Like, yeah, what is the anything? <laughs> <laughs> what are the comparable? Like putting a. Uh, I def- I've definitely anything. I've definitely been anything, but I haven't been molested. <laughs> No, anything close, like like any- <laughs> But anything close, like my like my close encounter with the Walmart security guard. Yeah, but that's not really a close encounter. Let's be honest. Yeah, it was where he said, "Excuse me, young man." You weren't almost molested. I mean, you're really making light of molested. No, no, I'm not making light of anything. But I felt violated. If you feel violated, that's all that matters, right, Ryan? Uh, I guess. Have you ever molested or anything? Suppository. Yeah. Suppository. I mean, that would be fully, like, Thank you. feeling violated. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but just think about You're it. You've been molested I'm, or anything. He, so jumped, he, like, he jumped out. I look behind me. He's hovering behind me like Michael Myers in Halloween. Is, Excuse me, young man. Could you help me? I can't get this thing strapped. I'm like, ah, and I start shaking, and I'm like, I can't get it. And then I hooked it on, and I was like shaking. He's like, and then you know he put his thumbs underneath both, um, both suspenders. Then like you know how they do that where they have a he thumb underneath. Check that they were both. Yeah, sure. to make yeah, sure they were yeah. both tight. And then he said, yeah. "Thank you." <laughs> God damn! And I bet really when you're doing something like that, you're gonna your hand, your your um. Your precision isn't going to be what it would if it was your own suspender. Like, you're shaking, not shaking, but you're trembling slightly to where yeah. you're not going to get it as quickly as you would, again, if it were something no, exactly. or your own suspender. Yeah. That's why I felt violated, because I'm sure my hand touched like the, 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 white, the wet white <laughs> dress shirt at some point. <laughs> Thank you. 
See that sick look on his face? And, and why, why is he why is he standing behind? Why did he need me to do that job? Couldn't he have asked one of the door greeter women to do that? Why me? Like I turned around, he's behind me, like with "Hello, young man. Ah, can you help me with this? No. Why couldn't he do it? He's too fat. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't get his hand to reach it up there. Oh my god, that was funny. It was disgusting. But none of you guys had ever got violated. No. No, can't say that I have. Something no. had to have happened to one of you guys where you felt like that. You want, no, you I mean, honestly think that there's a, the odds are good that one of us three has been molested? Not molested, Sam. <laughs> violated. Violated. Yeah, but you weren't really violated. I, I mean, I, I just thought of one. Like an expose or something? I thought of one where Sam was violated. There used to be this place called Jersey, uh, what was it called, Jersey World? And the guy yeah, who worked wait, there, he'd always call I Sam. I violated. I was 10 and it was... He'd always yeah. call Sam sweetheart. Weird. He'd like, thank you, sweetheart. No, he called everyone sweetheart. No. <laughs> and, and see, it's the, it's the context in which you tell the story. No. The guy was a weird foreign guy, and he called everybody sweetheart. Not Sam, Sam. Sam would put on this skin-tight jersey, and he'd be like, everybody you look Oh, you look beautiful, sweetheart. And then Sam would no, be looking oh, in the no, mirror, just what... ripping on him, and like, you look wonderful, sweetheart. And then oh. he'd like, he'd measure Sam up. Very, very wrong. He'd measure me up. No, like he would like check with the tape measure to make sure everything was good. Thank you, sweetheart. No. <laughs> you didn't feel violated when he kept calling you sweetheart. <laughs> Sam goes, he didn't call, he called everyone sweetheart. It wasn't just when Sam walked in, I was sweetheart. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Hello, sweetheart. <laughs> God, if he only called Sam sweetheart. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that was the case, then yeah, that would be, that would be, I would feel violated by that, but that's definitely not the case. <laughs> don't oh, you think, don't you think that old people are like grandfathered into being perverts and racists? Dude, like, I had a conversation, I, I had this conversation with the members of Jill's family on Father's Day. We went to her aunt and uncle's house and we were talking about how old, you hit a certain age, and things are okay. Yeah, like I don't, if I see an eighty-five-year-old guy who's completely racist, it's like you're kind of grandfathered into racism. If you're like, like we know this lady who always pinches every. She, she's like eighty. She always pinches everyone's ass, and she's like, "Give me those peaches, give me those peaches," and like, you know, she always set, does stuff like that, which is perverted and it's not right. Like she, her, 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 her grandson was showering. <laughs> You know, he, he was in the middle of a shower. She comes into the shower. He's like twenty years old. She has like uh, ribs on a fork. She opens the shower curtain, gives him like a mouthful of ribs. It's like he's showering naked. You know what I mean? So like, what a great lady. Yeah, but the, the, you know, there's perverted things. But it's we're like, oh, okay, whatever. It's ex- you accept it because they're old. They're grandfathered. I think in. It's, it's it's probably I'm, for me and the conversation we had recently was less about racism and more about like, you know, if you're walking down the street and someone says, "Oh, hello there." You know, and he's like 85. You're like, yeah. oh, ha, ha, that's cute. But if, it, if he's 35 and he takes off his sunglasses and he's like, and he does a pinching motion with his hand <laughs> and he says hello there, <laughs> it's like, motion. that's restraining order shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, you cross a certain age barrier where it's just, it's either accepted or occasionally becomes adorable. But I'll say this, though. When I say you're grandfathered in, Ryan, when you're 80 years old, it's not going to be acceptable because we. And our generation knows that that stuff's wrong. So, like, when you turn 80, I don't think it's going to be acceptable yeah, for you to be, have the pinch your fingers. When you turn 80, I think your your mental capacity starts changing. And I, I think that, yeah, maybe 
the individual you're talking about when they were 25 or 30 knew it was wrong. But when you're 80, what's wrong at 25 or 30 may not register at 80. Yeah, because I don't think it, it's, it's never been right, you know, right. To, to, exactly. to, to grab a nurse's butt or something. Right. You know, it's like when the 85-year-old guy who's in the hospital now pinching the, the butt and saying, like, whoa, hello, Judy, how about a sponge bath? That wasn't acceptable. <laughs> Yowzer! <laughs> right. <laughs> that wasn't acceptable when he was a young whippersnapper. I mean, that's never been acceptable. At no time in history was that okay. Yeah, but, like, the old guy who, like, tells the racist jokes, I don't think that's going to be... Like, when you're 80, it's not going to be cool for you to tell racist jokes. But Well, that's what I said. I said, I think, I, in this case, I want to step... I, I, they're separate to me. Race, yeah. Racism and sex and perversion are separate. <laughs> like, races... Yeah, no, people, I mean... So, perversion, you're saying... So, there, Ryan, you're saying perversion's here to stay, racism is going to be gone. Racism, yes. Exactly. When we're old, we're not going to be telling we're not going to be telling jokes with the n word in it because we didn't live through segregation. We didn't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We weren't part of all that. And like, there are still old people who think that it's acceptable to use certain words and to say certain things like that. But the perversion, but at, you think, will will still be around? Yeah, because perversion at no point was ever cool. It's not like when they were <laughs> it's not like you know it perversion. was <laughs> perversion wasn't in vogue back then. Hey, speaking of old guys and perversion, did you see? Did you guys see that Holly Madison, her new book? She was saying that, um, like the Playboy Mansion, like she was, she was like a slave, and and she had to just sit there and. and You're have the only spe- person who read Holly Madison's book. I, I, I didn't read it. I'm, I'm just reading quotes. The first book you ever read. <laughs> <laughs> but she said basically, like she'd have to sit there while he would just jerk off and then smoke weed and make all the girls smoke weed. It's like she wants us to feel bad for her when she knew what the deal was going in. Like those old balls. Madison is absolutely desperate to stay in the public eye, so this is probably her last ditch effort to get on TMZ. But but don't you think that she knew that the deal going in is that you're equally losing each other? You're using his power and money; he's using your youngness and hotness. So it's an even. Right. Tra- I I don't. I never feel bad for either side. I, a lot of people either feel bad for the guy. Oh, she's taking advantage of him. No, she's not. She would never be with that guy. All these ugly rich guys or ugly fat guys or ugly old guys who have a lot of money or power, they're taking advantage of a young girl that they would never, ever get with. Look at that right. scumbag. Uh, who's the racist guy uh, from the Clippers? Donald Sterling. You think he? You think V. Stiviano would be at a club and she'd be like, oh, my goodness, who's that? No, you're right. It's a mutually beneficial thing. I mean, there's no doubt about so, it. So those old balls come with the de- That's the deal. You have to sit there, watch them jerk off with the balls and everything else. And, and you're you're, you're getting a lot balls, of you, you're getting it's an equal trade off. So I, I just with hate the balls and everything else. <laughs> I just hate that you know now she's coming out like oh poor Holly she had to watch Hefner jerk off. Well, sorry Holly, why are you in a bed with Hefner anyway? He's ninety years old. You shouldn't be anywhere yeah. near that bed. But you want the I mean, power well, and you want the money. Yeah, like what's so. What's the what's the step, what was the acceptable thing for her? I mean, is Hef putting his dick in her? Is that like is that somehow yeah? You like know, she prefer times that better than watching him masturbate? I mean, was she was that what she wanted? Did she want him in her mouth? She said. I mean, what? I don't I don't know what I don't know what people think goes on in the bedroom, but it was very much the same and intimidating, and not something I liked. It was a miserable part of my life. Two huge television screens projecting graphic porn lit up. 
the otherwise dark bed, in the middle a very pale man was tending to his own business if you're catching my thinly veiled innuendo, and puffing on a joint before passing it around to the nearest blonde. The girlfriends in various stages of undress were sitting in a semicircle at the edge of the bed, some kneeling, some standing, some laying down. Like, oh, poor you, Holly. You had to sit in the bed with the balls and everything. And it's like... The balls so- and everything again. <laughs> no, but honestly... That's it. That's what you're signing up for. Well, it comes Why with are you it. focusing on the balls? Because the they're disgusting. His the balls, balls are gross. <laughs> that, that's, where, that's where it's the even trade-off. Like, you don't just get all this money and power at, for nothing. Right. Like, sometimes you might get lucky and, and you might hook up with, like, a, uh, a John Stamos type, and then you get it all. But that's rare. Yeah. So if you're one of these girls that just wants to get in, and I, I love any girl who's with a guy who's disgusting, maybe she conditions herself to fall in love with the guy, but she's really not truly in love with that guy because she normally wouldn't, like she, it's almost like she conditioned herself to fall, like she studied to be with that guy. Like she went to, like I could teach anyone how to, you know, be a, like a pipe fitter, right? If you do all the schooling if you learn all the, the the skills to be a pipe fitter, you could be a pipe fitter. I could condition right. you and train you to be Hugh Hefner's, you know, ball buddy. Because <laughs> yeah. no, there's I no mean, way there's... that she ever loved the guy. I mean, she was just well, there to be there. And I, I think with anything like that, there's a certain, you know, my first thought is, well, why didn't you get up and leave? It was so miserable. Why didn't you walk out of the bedroom? Well, he's so powerful. So I was much. afraid that he was... <laughs> Well, what's he going to do? I mean, well, he he's one of those of guys, something. Ryan, like the old man from. Uh, hey there, Rick. What's what you looking at, Rick? Like you could rip his arms off his body if you wanted to. Exactly. Like she could exactly. press her feet into his chest and pull both arms clean off, like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> like when, when he's when he's passing her the joint, she could put both feet on his side and pull that arm with the joint clean off. <laughs> Like that, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even come off. It wouldn't even be hard. It wouldn't be like trying to like pry a um, like a pipe off. Like you know when a pipe is loose, you're trying to get it off. It wouldn't be like that. It would be more like ripping a chicken wing off a chicken. Like that, just come clean off. Yeah. So that, like you said, Ryan, there's really no excuse for her to be there except for she wanted to be there. Or she wanted to use him equally, like he's using her. Oh yeah, there was something that was keeping her there. So it's like, you, how bad can you feel for somebody? I think uh, Kendra and her book... Whether or not she wants sympathy is a different question. I don't know what she's looking for when she puts that that information out. I don't know if she's... I don't know if it's a sympathy plea or what, but... I'm pretty sure she's trying to get sympathy now. And, oh, poor... I can't believe she was in that prison, that Playboy prison. She had to walk with Hefner. Girls, curfews 8.30 today, girls. Curfews at 8.30. They were having hamburger and onions. (laughs) Hamburger and onions. Lunch. Come meet me in the bedroom. It'll car for you at eight thirty, girls. Hamburger and onion. Hamburger and onion sliders. <laughs> he sits in that silk robe while like, the chef brings him a tray of food every night. Sliders. You know that's all he eats, right? <laughs> I swear to God, that's all. He, that's all he eats. That, honestly, is that true? Yes, that's all he eats are sliders. Wow. All right, sliders. Hamburger onion. That's all I like is the hamburger and the onion. Nothing on a plain. Can you imagine you're a hot girl, like in a bikini, and you have to eat a plain <laughs> slider with onions? <laughs> all right, girls. 
What movie are you watching today? <laughs> Gone with the Wind or Gone with the Wind? <laughs> You have, to, you have to lay on this disgusting bed. And he's watching VHS tapes. All right, girls, let's let's light, let's light a fatty and watch Gone with the Wind. That's all he watched. And you know he only he he only eats like because he's so frail and disgusting. He only he only because that he's, would be miserable, dude. Yeah. I, dude, I would kill myself if I was. Oh my god, what a terrible scenario! Yeah, like whatever like she's getting out of it. Room with it, him and his silk pajamas <laughs> doing that thing where old people chew on nothing. You know, that thing, you know? <laughs> and he's just uh, chewing. He's like between onion and chewing on air. He's <laughs> Oh God! And you know because he's so weak and uh, frail, he only eats one slider that he just like nibbles on the whole movie. Oh my God! I buy the slide. Make sure there's raw onion on it. Uh, raw <laughs> onion hamburger, hamburger and raw onion. <laughs> Let's go out to dinner, oh, girls. And then you know, once a month, he takes him out for like a five thirty dinner. Like they <laughs> they go to some like hot club. They're in VIP. All Hef wants to do is get the fuck out of there and back in his pajamas. <laughs> He's probably in his pajamas at the club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny how, you know, he figured out how to, because he wears, like you said, he wears pajamas all day, but it's really just because yeah. he's an old man who wants to be in his pajamas. Of course. <laughs> but when he makes it like he's cool because he's, you know what I mean? Like, I'm half. I'm always yeah. in pajamas. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he just likes, yeah, I know. That's, yeah, that's just what old people do. What, why would that ever be considered cool to be in pajamas anyway? Like, that's that's never a good look unless you're like, a girl in like, you know, lingerie pajamas. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's not a cool look. No, uh, girl. Right. Curfew. Strict curfew. Eight thirty. Girls. You got room and board. Curfew over eight thirty. Can you, can you imagine you're a nineteen, you're a twenty-one year old girl. All you want to do is like party and hook up with Chris Angel, and oh and God. you you have to be in at eight thirty and eat raw hamburger with and watch VHS tape. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. All right, we're, we, we're over time here, but I just want to mention two last things. Um, yeah, I took a so I don't ride cabs anymore. I, I only use Uber, and I, I'll, I'll probably never use a cab ever again now because I got into a cab on like Friday or Saturday night, and this guy was driving me um, from downtown. We're in a shitty neighborhood, and he goes, "I gotta pull over. I got I gotta piss. I can't hold it any longer." He pulls over. He pulls over. Well, I swear to God, in a shitty neighborhood, pulls over on the, in the middle of the street, stands behind his cab and starts pissing on the back of the cab. Wow. Wow. And then he gets back. He's like, sorry, man, I couldn't hold it. I'm like, what? I'm like I, I, the confusion on my face. I'm like, what are you doing? I got to go. I got to go. I said, what? I said, what? I said, he's like, just wait there. And then I look behind me and I, he's pissing like on the, on the wheel. <laughs> Wow! Like, what the fuck Jeez. was that? Now the ride to uh, the bar was in an Uber. It was a beautiful ride. The guy was like listening to uh, uh, what's what's that? The slow the uh, backspin on Sirius XM. We were having a great mm-hmm. conversation. We were talking about the Bulls. Like it was th- that that should be the advertisement for Uber versus cabs. We were talking about LeBron James. We were talking about MJ. We were talking about the Bulls championships. We were talking about Scotty. I mean, we were having just a great. It was. I. I, I didn't even want to get out of the Uber. I was having such yeah. a great time. The cab ride home was just hell. 
pulled over, watching piss. <laughs> Check out his. Oh my! And the whole time he has, you know how they have the uh, the head the headphone thing, and they're having a loud conversation. And they're just. I don't know what language it is, but he was just having a conversation. But it sounded like he was screaming. And you think he's screaming at someone, but then he starts laughing. So you realize he's just talking to him. Alright, final thing. And this this I I rarely get excited um about anything in media, podcasting, radio, TV. But how awesome was that Mark Marin Obama podcast? Not not even I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, whatever you are. Just the fact that the president of the United States goes into a guy's garage and records. A, and now, Mark Marin doesn't work for any network. He doesn't work for a big company. There's no rules. And Obama thought it was important enough for him to go into that guy's garage and record for an hour. How awesome was that? Pretty cool. I didn't hear the podcast, but that's pretty cool that he did that. Yeah, it was. I mean, oh, I listened. Cool. It, was, it was great. I thought, I thought Marin did a great job, and it was. Uh... You know, I mean, it's it's awesome. Like, there's never been a president like Obama. I mean, I, there's never been a president who would sit down in a garage with Mark Maron and, and record a podcast. Right. I mean, so definitely, you know, says something about Obama. And it was actually a really cool discussion. And then Obama said the N-word just in, in passing and everyone. Like, it's like everyone has to get all hyped up about something. Why, why not really focus on the fact that he was in a guy's garage doing a podcast? Mm-hmm. And that shows you the power of podcasting. Like I think we have the number two podcast behind Mark Marin's, so yep. I'm trying. <laughs> so he got Hulk Hogan on block you. He got the president of the United yeah. States. Well, I was all the same, same strategy here. Right. I, I was going to get greedy after using the power of this podcast to get Hogan to unblock me. I was going to use the power to tweet at POTUS, which is his Twitter, and say, "Hey, you really should be doing uh, the uh, A Brian Salmon Base podcast." Yep. You know? <laughs> but I, I would. I don't want to do that. No, we, I would yeah, never use the. I would never weeks. use the power to tweet at POTUS and say, you know what, that's the show you guys should really be doing. But wasn't it very inspiring to see that? Because I, I think about it, like every radio station I've ever worked at, I'm always throwing ideas at, at whoever's in charge, and it's almost like a bottomless pit of ideas. And in order to make a real change, a person with ideas needs to be empowered to do that. Because no matter how many great ideas you have, the people in charge are never going to use them unless they were like their ideas. So like, I feel like to have your ideas come to life, someone has to empower you to just do it. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. And that's the problem is getting the power. And, and it's impossible to get your ideas to come to life. Unless you're someone like Mark Marin. you're just doing your own podcast in your garage and you get to make yeah. the rules, which which I think right. is very inspiring for what we do here. I mean, Absolutely. it's awesome. Well said. That's it. You yeah. are the gold standard, Mister Marin. But it is. I I do think it's a sign of the times, and like you see all these people in whatever media it is, no one is pushing the envelope on anything. It's just like the same shit over and over, and it's like, hey, you better start doing something, or. What you're doing isn't going to matter. Obama won't show up to your garage. Yeah. You didn't see Obama on the Eric and Kathy show, did you? No. 
You saw him in Mark Marin's garage. So that 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 right there just says a lot. You didn't even see him on. And I don't even know Howard Stern or anything. I mean, you didn't see Jesus him. Anything, you, it, 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 it levels the playing field a little bit. You know what I mean? It, 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 yeah, it gives credibility. Yeah, it gives exactly. credibility to a podcast. Like everyone, a lot of people just hate podcasting. But right. it, there is power in podcasting. And we've talked about this before. The podcast listeners are a smarter audience. I'm, I'm sorry to say yeah. that, but they just are. Mm-hmm. They've went no, out of their true. way. They they had to figure something out. It's not like they just got in their car and it's like, duh, 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 and then it's like, oh, blah, 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 and then you hear something out of a speaker. <laughs> like they actually had to yeah. like type something in or like, right? Someone with with like Hugh Hefner could just be like rolled into a car and his head could hit the power button and then someone's talking to him. <laughs> For him to find a podcast, he has to actually go, oh, go on the phone, hit iTunes, hit. Abe Cannon and subscribe. Like he has to do all that shit. He can't do that. Right. He's too dumb. But all right. Well, that's it. Yeah, I, I do recommend checking out the uh, Mark Maron Obama. Uh, if, if you've never heard Mark Maron, it, it's good. It's a, it's a good discussion. And uh, gentlemen, oh Ryan, will you wait? Yes. So you're here. Wait, no, you won't be here next week. You're here the weekend. No, we'll do we'll do another podcast before I see you. Okay, cool. All right, gentlemen, all right. we'll holler next week. See you guys. Peace.